0: On this seventh Sunday of Easter, I ask that you read both the first 11 verses of the 17th chapter of the Gospel according to John, and verses 6 to 14 in the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. So on Thursday, just past, was the feast day known as Ascension Day. In other words, the day when appearances by the resurrected Christ in a particular way ceased and Christ ascended to heaven. The book of the Acts of the Apostles records the dynamics of the event in some detail. The disciples, after everything they had been through, started to get their hopes up. Jesus is back in glory, so they want to know, Lord is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? But instead of responding in the affirmative to the hope they had voiced, he bids them farewell as he promises them the Holy Spirit will come upon them and they have a job to get on with. We aren't told how they feel about this. We aren't told what they say to each other. There's just a void as we are left to wonder how they processed this new upheaval. We're just told that they walked back to Jerusalem into that upper room where the others were, which was steadily being soaked in prayer by Jesus' followers. So from that, we could identify A couple of key features of what the disciples had learnt in their time with Jesus. One is stick together in whatever is happening. And the other, keep on praying. And prayer is what I really want to get into because it features in what those people gathered in that upper room in Jerusalem are doing. And also It is central to the Gospel as, even though we only have 11 verses allocated in our calendar of readings for today, the entirety of the 17th chapter of the Gospel according to John is a prayer. Indeed, one way of reading it is as a greatly extended interpretation of the Lord's Prayer which we hear in Luke and Matthew's version of events. Prayer. There is, of course, a difference between knowing about prayer and practicing prayer. For both, though, I'm going to draw on the wisdom and experience of others who have lived lives of prayer and can help us chart a way forward in it. Because in considering prayer, sometimes we could be misled into thinking that it is really about a lobbying campaign directed to the divine, and the more involved, the better. And that if we are just persistent enough and loud enough that God may listen and grant our desire. You almost get the idea that God is a bit like a stubborn, wish-granting genie who only responds if people can demonstrate that their determination is strong enough and their belief in the capacity of the genie to grant a wish is genuine enough. I don't think that is what prayer is about. Even if the particular form of prayer is actually intercessory prayer, when we are, in a sense, Asking God for something. But we'll come to that later. One of the great Archbishops of Canterbury in the 20th century, Michael Ramsey, who was enthroned in 1961, wrote a wonderful little book titled The Still and Know, A Study in the Life of Prayer. In it, he writes... And I paraphrase him a bit here. When you have a great friend, you may plan to spend time with them and be careful not to miss it. During that time, news may be shared, requests made, regrets or gratitude spoken, and minds exchanged, sometimes by talking and listening, and sometimes with little word or gesture. The use of the time may vary, but the time itself is protected. May not our prayer be rather like that? The keeping of a little time in conscious awareness of the one who is friend, as well as creator and saviour. Prayer is to be with God for a space. So, to be with God in awe is adoration and praise. To be with God gratefully is thanksgiving. To be with God ashamed is contrition or repentance. To be with God with others on the heart is intercession. And of course, we can pray with scripture or with artwork or icons or so on. There are many. Expressions of prayer. The vital thing is, prayer is being with. And because it is being with, ours is actually not the only agenda and presence which needs to be given room for. It may be obvious, but prayer is also, crucially, giving clear and conscious space to be open to God's designs and the movement of the Holy Spirit. I say it is crucial because prayer is the groundwork for the life of faith and our growth into God. So how we understand it and approach it matters. And that growth into faith needs to be matured so we can run the race before us, especially when things get tough for example being confronted with the horror of a deadly pandemic may suddenly confront people with the reality that bombarding god with requests may not actually keep them or their loved ones safe and well and make them immune to a viral infection any more than a wish to keep them from ever accidentally cutting themselves on a shard of glass. This is not meant to be negative or to deny the power of God to overcome any limitation which belongs to created beings. After all, anything is possible for God. But this is simply to acknowledge that the dynamic laws of nature sometimes mean that Violent upheavals may occur, and forms of life come into being, which may harm us in awful ways. And God's creation has an integrity, which means that those processes are not just stopped whenever there is a risk to living creatures, no matter how loved they are. As another great Archbishop of Canterbury pointed out, this time Rowan Williams, anything that is less than God is exposed to risk. That is starting to verge into one of the biggest questions of theology, that of the problem of God and evil. So back to prayer and our response to God and how we bring those areas of concern before God. Around the world these past weeks, I'd guess that the normal patterns and frequency of prayer has been added to by people in desperation who do not normally pray, and that the pandemic will feature often in their prayers, whether they be Roman Catholic, or Protestant, or Muslim, or Baha'i. There will just be a common surge of prayer directed to God for help, for protection, to act in some way, to not act in others. In other words, I suspect the cry of the age will take the form of a sometimes worded, sometimes wordless, intercession to God to save us and protect us. And that's entirely appropriate. But if a lobbying campaign isn't the right way to view this, and I don't think it is, what is another way of understanding it? To go back to Archbishop Ramsey, He suggests the following. The flow of God's compassion flows ceaselessly towards the world, but seems to wait for the cooperation of human wills. This cooperation then partly happens by God's creatures doing the things which God desires to be done, and partly by the very act of prayer, which is an expression of God's compassion. To make that a bit clearer, that last bit, the act of prayer is one which in itself demonstrates compassion and care, but also opens the one who prays to be transfigured a bit more into a vessel of God's compassion. In this way, the one who prays is in more of a genuine dialogue with God. They have their own concerns still, but are also open to those concerns being held within the flow of God's compassion and simply being open to the presence of God. Maybe that that sounds more complicated than you think prayer needs to be. I get that. But prayer is a unique labour of love, which is at once so simple, just being with God, and at the same time is complicated, as any intense and growing relationship is complicated. As said before, though, there is a difference between knowing about prayer and practising prayer. And I really look forward to when our community can pray together again in person and explore different ways of praying to and delighting in God. To finish, it seems only right that Jesus have the last word. Teach us to pray his disciples asked. And I wonder whether the form of prayer he taught was what those disciples gathered in the upper room after the ascension were engaging in together. So take a moment to take a breath. Imagine the people of St. Michael and all angels gathered around you. Invite the spirit to move in you. And let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins